do me a favor. Think for a moment of a Frida Kahlo painting. The black-eyed monkeys, the lush tropical leaves, that's the picture of Rocio Flores' childhood. Literally. With Frida, she was so playful. You know, I'd go to her home, the monkeys might come and jump on you, or if you have a banana, they'd grab it away from you. We'd sing songs. Los Maderos de San Juan piden pan, no les dan, riqui, riqui, ran. Rocio's father, Andres Sanchez Flores, was an assistant to Frida's husband, Diego Rivera. Diego was a Mexican artist who was as iconic as Frida. And so, while Diego and her father painted, Rocio often found herself in Frida's lap. Uh, she would play with my hair and plait it and all that and put flowers in it. And what she was whispering in my ear were lessons. She was a jealous, uh, an extremely jealous individual. Rocio recalls a specific incident when a visiting princess had a thing for Diego. Frida gave her a basket of food and told her to call Diego down for lunch. Now, Frida knew very well that if anyone tried to stop him when he was working, Diego would become infuriated. And, and of course, Diego acted very, very ugly. Frida got what she wanted, but she wasn't proud of herself. One of the very specific lessons that she shared with me was, do not suffer from jealousy. You don't have to suffer like me. At the time, Rocio didn't really know what Frida was talking about. The main man in her life was her father, and he never gave her a reason to be jealous. As a child, I remember that my father was my favorite adult. He seemed saner than most adults. I remember liking to have my head on his chest, listening to the heartbeat. Then he looked at me and he said, if you weren't here, this whole universe wouldn't be as it is. But the fairy tale ended when Rocio was eight years old. That's when her mother took her to America. We came to Shreveport, Louisiana. My brother and I were under the impression that we were coming to visit. But then my mother enrolled us in a school here in the States. I felt, what's going on? My father's not with us. I don't speak English. I don't want to be here. I want to go home now. Then we were told we were not going back. My mother, she destroyed almost everything that reminded her of the time that she was with Diego and Frida. Everything about America felt bland, dull compared to Mexico. There was none of the food, the colorful art, definitely no monkeys. Nothing smelled the same. Children go to bed at a certain time. They only eat at a certain time. I was accustomed to having everything, like, mija. Toma esto, toma un poquito de esto, prueba, you know, taste this, have a little drink of this. I miss my father tremendously, and it was very shocking to me to not get any answer as to when exactly he was coming. It took about a year before her father joined her and her family in Louisiana. He didn't apologize, and his excuse for being gone was vague. He said, I've been up to the mountain, I've been in the pyramid, and I am now where I need to be. Rocio's father started teaching at the local college, which was a far cry from the world-renowned art school he had been teaching at in Mexico. And he gave up painting. 
I think he missed it tremendously. The pain that he had to endure. He was a very positive person, but I always knew the difference. I could sense that something had happened that made all of this our experience, and I couldn't get any answers. When I would get upset and would say, this is so unfair, he would say, no, mija, this country is very young. You need to let it have a chance. The family stayed in America. They never went back to Mexico. And so Rocio never really found out about his art, about why they left. And when she was 33, her father died. I was very, very devastated because I felt that I've let him down because I did not show enough interest early enough when he was alive. Rocio came to terms with the fact that she would probably never really know what happened. And so she went on with her life, got married, got a job. And if she ever came across a Frida Kahlo painting, she simply turned and didn't look twice. Until 30 years later. 30 years later, my husband and my mother passed away in the same year. I guess it was a couple of years after that, you know, I I knew that I needed to come back to life. So my cousin says, you don't have an excuse now. So I said, okay, let's go. And that's how I went to Mexico. Her memories of Mexico and her family had faded. But as she ate the food, walked down familiar streets, it all started to come back. And one of the first places Rocio wanted to go was the art museum. So the first room was showing Diego Rivera's collection. So I was enjoying that, you know, taking pictures. And then she saw it. There was this life-size poster of Diego Rivera and my father painting a mural. You walk in there and it feels like, wow, you know, it's like somebody grabbed my heart and they were squeezing it really, really hard. And it seemed like to me my father was welcoming me and he was saying, this is where you need to be. Rocio had to know more. A museum director gave her a book that was full of information about her father and the Mexican artists who had worked with him. Well then... You know, I spent the rest of the vacation time trying to make connections with these different artists. I call it a treasure hunt. Rocio was stunned to hear that her father hadn't just been an assistant. He'd been Diego's right-hand man and had invented a process of mixing paints that has allowed Diego's frescoes to maintain their color 70 years later. He worked on every single one of the frescoes that Diego Rivera did, the ones in Detroit, Michigan, New York, and in Mexico. And the condition they are, they credited it completely to my father. It's just so powerful. So Rocio was getting a sense of what her father was really like. But the more she learned about how well-loved and influential her father had been, the less his life made sense. Why had he left it all behind? The artist said, they called him Yai. We had no idea that when Maestro Yai went to the States that he was so completely going to disappear from our world. You know, he didn't leave any address, not any information that he was not going to return. Then, one artist 
told her about one of his teachers, Professora Cuquita. Professora Cuquita. She had two children, and it was his impression that these children were my father's children. I wasn't convinced that that were true. I, who lived with my father and felt like that I was so very close to him, I would not have known anything about this. The artist told Rocio that her father had another family. He had a relationship with Professora Cuquita, who also taught at the art school. Together, they had two daughters, Rocio's half-sisters. Now, she finally understood why they had left Mexico behind. My mother, I can imagine that she said, I'm taking your two children, and if you ever want to see them, you'll have to come to the States. It's it's disturbing to me. It, It disturbs my inner core. I wanted to verify everything that I had been told. So in Mexico, Rocio found one of Profesora Cuquita's daughters one of her half-sisters. She left the woman a message on her phone, and... My sister called me and she said, where are you? And I told her, and she said, I'll be there in an hour. The immediate thing was just like, you know, like a magnet in something, just together, hugging, crying, laughing. And she came up to my room and, you know, then we began to share. I'm assuming she hadn't known her father very much. Right. You know, her mother was as silent about what had taken place, and she said, I tried to ask my mother, uh, where is my father? And my mother would start crying, and she said, he's gone to get a loaf of bread. So that's what she knew. I know that, and speaking with my sister, I know that two women were very much in love with him, but that they would never have remained with him with another woman in the picture. So he chose your mother over everything? He did. Now that I've found out all the information, I cannot really imagine how he could have, how he could have lived with that, you know. Are you upset at your father at all? No, not at all. I mean, that's, that's... It's surprising. (laughs) Are you happy that he came to the U.S. for you and left everything behind? No, I'm not. I don't think that it was necessary. You know, I don't think it was necessary, and I think that that a lot of people suffered for it it that didn't need to. Between the two women that loved him, I think they were not willing to um, explore any other possibilities. I don't think it had to be an either-or, you know. And that's what they made it. See, Rocio empathizes with her father on this. She feels that her father's two women could have dealt with this better. They could have all stayed in Mexico. They could have been happier. All of them, including her. That whole time, she'd kept thinking about what Frida told her about jealousy all those years ago. Frida was right about you don't have to suffer that pain, but that you have to recognize it as soon as it starts jumping at you, and you have to decide at that moment that that's not going to be something that is going to cause pain in your life or in the lives of the people that surround you and that you supposedly love. 
Of course, easier said than done. Frida forgave Diego and stayed with him, though he slept with other women, including her own sister. But during those years, she painted herself in tears. She wrote, Why do I call him my Diego? He never was, and never will be, mine. Thank you so much, Rocio, for sharing your story with Snap. Rocio has a fantastic article and pictures of her dad's work. Check out snapjudgment.org to see it all. That piece was produced by Stephanie Fu.